Welcome to Spooky Psychology with Megan and Lauren. And welcome back once again to Spooky Psychology with Megan and Lauren. I am Megan. And of course, I am Lauren. How are you guys doing? How you doing out there? In Illinois, it is a dark and stormy afternoon. And I am loving it. I'm so happy with the weather today. It's great. It's beautiful. I know. I took a nap right before we recorded. Nice. It's perfect nap weather. It is. It's really good. Uh, the first Bears game of the season is going on as we record this. Do you guys watch sports? Tim does. I do sometimes. Okay. Uh, I think the reality, it's not that I, I watch hockey. Okay. Like, that's the one I watch the most. Um, I like watching football, but I do often take a nice Sunday nap during Ooh, football games. Yes. So we just got a new couch that is truly, we're calling it a California king-size couch because it does take up pretty much our whole living room, but it's delightful and we can both nap on it. Gotham can too. So Aww. regularly just, you know take a couch nap so i'm sure most of this football season i will just be with my blankie and a book half watching reading and napping i love that for you also i forgot Thank to you. tell you we got new couches you also got new couches yes did you go to the dump we were going to but we went to some furniture liquidator place oh, for um nice. labor day weekend because they had like a sale and we found some gray leather sofas. Very nice. Mm -hmm. We're very excited about them. They're very cozy. That is wonderful. Something about getting a new couch. I feel so good. I'm like, who are we with our fancy couches? I know. If any of you have gotten new couches, please tell us. I think we're just, we've reached the point of adulthood yeah. where we're just very excited by new furniture. Mm -hmm. um, also, I don't know if you and Nick are like this but i feel like we're finally at the point in time where like we're starting to own what we're jokingly calling like grown-up furniture aka not from ikea so it's yes. just like a big moment where it's like this is like a real couch we did yeah. not have to assemble this couch that's the best when there's no assembly required mm -hmm. or you can like afford to have somebody put it together for you like it's just it feels very adulty it does. It does. So I'm so glad we got all you gotta send me a picture of your new couch. I will. Yeah. Nick took one the other day while I was like sitting on it with Benny, like, look at our couches. So I'll just I'll text it to you. <laughs> Wonderful. So we already figured out our good shit. <laughs> couches. Couches, baby. Couches. I'm gonna throw out another good shit right off the bat while we're talking about this. Sci hub. Everybody oh. check out Sci-Hub. Sci the research articles I have found today are full text courtesy of Sci-Hub. Uh, I'm going to put a link to the... Well, I'm probably not going to edit this, let's be real. But, like, we need to put a link in there and just promote them because they're doing great work. Just letting yeah. you read articles without a paywall. I love that. They're doing the Lord's work. That, they are free research articles. Yeah, baby. Wonderful. So, we have an interesting topic today. Um, do we have any housekeeping stuff at the beginning? I don't. I think we're good. No, things have been very steady. Okay. No new patrons. Thank you to all of our patrons. Yes, uh, we see you. We appreciate you. We know you're there. 
yeah y'all are great um yeah no nothing major i think in the housekeeping end um just a reminder if you become a patron you're able to vote on episode topics and give feedback this episode was uh as per usual when we did a patron vote there was a tie there's always a tie between two episodes. We've actually had to do them slightly less often because so frequently it ends in a tie that we just do both of them. Um, so we decided on this one first, but in this episode we are going to be talking about incels. So. Yes. So off so, the bat. <laughs> off the bat, so many trigger warnings uh, for content yep. in this episode so I'm trying to make sure we got everything. Uh, we have trigger warnings for misogyny yeah, it's a big one. violence against women uh, lots of discussions about sex. Just gonna throw that out there um, uh, and I... Possibly rape mm-hmm. Yep. suicidal ideation yeah that's in there um, also, I will be reading some direct quotes at some point in time, and the quotes, we're just going to, um, like, trigger warning for justification of pedophilia that definitely comes across in, uh, some of the quotes I will be reading. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll warn you which article I discuss talks about that, so if you choose to stop listening at that point, we'll try our best to let you know when that's coming up. Yep, we'll give you a heads up. Um, so yeah, like Megan said, you know, this is a little bit of like a more intense one. And before we started recording, you know, we even kind of checked in with each other because we really don't know if there is a more PC term than incel. But I think that's how people are self-identifying. And there's really not another explanation or I guess name no and I think the thing is it's you know we always try to be correct with language and try to be inoffensive with language this one is also tricky though because it's like self-identified language for what in reality is members of a hate group right towards lots of people oh trigger warning for racism one of the quotes I'm gonna say also pretty racist but again, I think these are direct quotes from what's being said in these communities, and mm-hmm. I don't feel like it is helpful in the discussion to censor what they are saying. I think right. you kind of have to say what they're saying to, you know, really examine the problems. We'll just make it right off the bat. Not everyone who is in an incel community group is inherently violent. Right. Some there seems to be a are. broad stru- uh, spectrum. Yeah, so we're just going to throw this out there. This doesn't mean that every single person who has been involved or is currently involved in an incel online group is an active threat to other people. Um, right. But there definitely are the people in the groups who are. Mm-hmm. The language that's being used and the ideology is often extremist and can lead to pretty dangerous places. So, And we'll get into that, unfortunately, where yeah. that can sometimes lead. Okay, so for those of you who don't know what an incel is, so according to Merriam-Webster, <laughs> an incel... So a person usually who identifies as a man who regards himself 
or herself as being involuntary celibate, involuntarily celibate, and typically expresses extreme resentment and hostility towards those who are sexually active. Mm-hmm. The term incels emerged from a Reddit group in which tens of thousands of users, most of them young men, commiserate about their lack of sexual activity, many of them placing blame on women. Specifically, the incel community shares a misogynistic ideology of women. Um, You know, for example, feeling that they're genetically inferior to men. They believe that women are driven by their sexual desire to reproduce with genetically superior males thereby excluding unattractive men such as themselves. Mm-hmm. So women are also portrayed as only capable of simple emotions, primarily sexual desire, and guided by antisocial values, for example, cheating on their partners or manipulating men for sex or money. And, and these two most recent definitions I shared, this was from a study by... I think you say their last name is Biali in 2019. So just to kind of continue with that, the incel worldview's crisis solution narratives tend to draw on politics of profound nostalgia. It characterizes the broader men's rights movement in the form of a mythical past golden age of patriarchal society. It is characterized by traditional gender roles where women married young and monogamy was the rule. In this society, all men were entitled to sex with women, which was never denied, and romantic practices guided interactions, thus rendering looks and pleasure largely irrelevant. Yeah, and one of the things that I find so interesting is that if you're just looking at, like, general cultural stereotypes Mm -hmm. that most people hold, right, I think the way more common stereotype is that, like, women are inherently, like, frigid and uninterested in sex or not as sexual as men. So this is a really interesting one where most people in this community, it's very much like women are exclusively driven by sex and, um... It's a twist. I think I also just want to point out, right, that we are specifically talking about the people that are in the hate group version. People can be involuntarily celibate and not be an incel. There are lots of reasons where people may want to be having sex but are not, and that's outside of their control. So it's, it's really just the specific ideology of this group, which is super interesting. And yeah, I'll definitely get into some more in some of the articles where they really talk about the uh, misunderstanding of evolutionary psychology actually plays a huge role in some of the stuff people are saying or uh, appropriating studies that were done on animals to apply to humans. That's another one that comes up quite a bit. So yeah. Because you know, it's all the same. We're no different at all. Our brains are not different (sighs) than fish. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're just fish, I guess. Yeah. All right. So again, we're being really exploratory about this. We're trying to look at it from all different angles. Um, I found a really cool piece by, I believe they pronounce their name Aja Romano Mm -hmm. in Vox. And this person actually kind of took a dive into some subreddit groups and joined them and, and also some discords to okay. talk to people who identified as incels and part of incel groups. So 
as he was interviewing and researching these folks, you know, as you can imagine, there was this general entitlement and this belief that everyone has a right to sex, mm-hmm. which, you know, inherently is problematic, um, yep. misogynistic in nature, which we already discussed, and also fatalistic attitudes towards modern relationships. So basically, you know, love isn't real. You know, kind of like we were touching on before, women are just using men for money and, you know, X, Y, Z. But what was interesting in their research is they found that oftentimes in the subreddits or the discords, there are women moderators who participate, not because they identify as incels, but because they're trying to reduce the violence and hate speech that's happening in there. And I mean, you know, there were some, there were definitely some quotes that this person shared where, you know, I'm sure it was incredibly hard for these women to be doing this sort of job. For example, this one woman shared that it had taken a toll on her self-image and, quote, made me sometimes have dark thoughts about me and my relationship. And then someone else shared, you can't expect people who come from incel communities to have a healthy view of relationships and other gender. And the other gender. Another moderator told me some degree of casual sexism in some sense is tolerated. So there's this baseline of sexism that's kind of part of the group. Mm -hmm. So the community members um, that he spoke with also had kind of this intense self-loathing so I'm just going to share the direct quote from, from this. So um, the writer says, It's tempting to pass off some of this as self-deprecating humor. That incel culture is teeming with the kind of self-deprecation that gets dangerous fast. There's a vibe within the community that encourages members to one-up each other and their commitment to, to their own hopelessness. A kind of public performance celebrating the idea that if you're past the point of being helped, this idea can and frequently does verge into glorification of suicide. Mm-hmm. So just to kind of give you an example of what this person's talking about, if they have some direct posts, let me just pull it up real quick. You know, we, we've seen like the memes like Forever Alone with mm-hmm. the frog or whatever. But some that uh, he screenshotted was... If you know you like me, but we cannot be more than friends. So they were quoting someone that they were trying to date. And this person goes, another nail in my coffin. I think I'm going to start leaving this sub and starting to go to subreddit Suicide Watch. I am in another level. Thanks for your support. Then there was another one. If I was in a room with Hitler or Osama bin Laden and an IT member and had a gun loaded with one bullet, dot 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 and you have to like finish it uh the person wrote i would shoot myself so it's kind of like this really really dark humor but to a degree where it's uncomfortable where it's like okay Mm -hmm. are you truly suicidal and why are we glorifying this right right and there there is some research there's an overlap of multiple mental illnesses Mm -hmm. um the incel communities do tend to have a higher rate of mental illness than the general population and i think sometimes you can see how people who are 
deep i'm not saying like it's not like all depressed people are incels but like somebody who's already in a vulnerable state usually is vulnerable to extremism not just inceldom but various extremist views oftentimes because it provides a single explanation for why you feel this way of if it's like oh you're depressed because women are denying you your rights to life that's why you're depressed that's right. an explanation and sometimes people you know gravitate for that yeah who are just in a dark place like it makes sense in that mindset and it can you know people can gradually become more and more extremist well right and if you think of that you know umbrella of let's just say of like depression a hallmark characteristic of depression is isolation but as human beings we need to socialize and be part of a community so if you're isolating but you're wanting to be part of a community it makes so much sense that you would join an online group to feel connected with people and part of something but obviously this is a super toxic online group that you're part Mm -hmm. of yeah so so yeah so just to kind of give you an example of what the author was talking about when he said kind of the glorification of suicide. So they also mentioned that along with the performative rejection of self-improvement comes an equally wary attitude toward mental health support. So the black pill worldview, and I guess this is just something that they talk about um, in reference to the matrix, like taking the red pill or you'll hear like the black pill red pill or black pill um sometimes you'll also hear like men going their own way there's a couple different terms that usually are referring somewhat to this ideology yeah yeah i found that interesting so yeah so in this essence they're talking about the black pill worldview it makes them think that mental health support won't do any good so there's a kind of badge of honor worn around the idea that you've accepted no amount of therapy can help you. A frequent incel mantra that this person kept coming across was stop coping, encouraging one another to give up and accept that the way most people deal with problems won't work for them. One member of Support Cell, which I guess is a subreddit, noted that within incel spaces, Lines like, there's no therapy for your face, are frequent, and incels who make gestures at improving one's mental health tend to preempt their own moves with rhetoric that it won't change anything. hmm And, I mean, it is unfortunate, because quite frankly, like, there are such high rates of depression, and right. therapy can be beneficial for many people, so can medication. They, and I think a lot of this is, like, It's misappropriating some research. So basically, if you're going with the assumption that these ideologies are true, they're basically saying that the entire world is so built against you that attempting to better yourself will not work because the problem is real. And there is some research that suggests in some situations that is true. For example, like cognitive behavioral therapy is really helpful for a lot of mental illnesses. Yep. It's not helpful when you're dealing with someone, say, who's 
experiencing racism in their day-to-day yeah. life, right? We cannot help you reframe your thoughts that this isn't a problem when it objectively is a huge problem, right? right. And so there is some truth in it sometimes if you actively are being discriminated against, right, we may be able to set boundaries, change your situation, make reports to, you know, higher-ups in companies. There may be some other problem solving you can do, but in essence, you can't just like therapy your way to like, oh, my boss is racist against me. That shouldn't bother me. Like, because it should bother you. So there is like an ideological point that they're making that if you're undergoing discrimination, you can't like therapy around the fact that discrimination is hurtful and problematic and really causes issues. The problem is with a lot of the incel ideology it's just that what they're saying isn't really true and so it's like yeah if it was true i could see why therapy wouldn't help but it is oftentimes i mean pretty much always it's not true right right well and also to your point i think you know and we'll get into this more but i would assume that if somebody came in and they just had just like these incredible misogynistic views but are also complaining at the same time that they can't have any meaningful relationships and connect and you know have a long-term partner I would assume they would need some sort of trauma-based therapy to take a look at why they have this deep hatred for women and where that comes from right and I think that's also just another huge barrier in mental health treatment for incels is also They are deeply misogynistic and really hate women, and the mental health field is largely a (laughs) female-dominated field. Um, Not that there are plenty of lovely male therapists out there. They definitely do exist, but if you're just, I mean, if you scroll through the Psychology Today page for your local area, you will most likely see it is predominantly women you can go and see. And there can be that attitude of, like, I'm not going to talk to a woman. Yeah. Yeah. So that that can shut it down. That can shut it down pretty quickly. Well, and to your point, so this transitions really well. I found (laughs) on Psychology Today. I love when that works so well for us. Yeah. I found a man who works with the incel population. Oh, Um, lovely. Yeah, so it was really interesting. And obviously, this is just one person's treatment model and how their experience has been. So it's a little bit anecdotal, um, but I thought it would just be worth hearing about. So this person's name is Sam Louie. And here's a quote from something he wrote. Uh, When incels or involuntary celibates or those with incel-like tendencies come into my office or ask about my services, they will often first distance themselves from describing themselves as extreme incels, as some have been associated with misogynistic, angry, and violent men who endorse killing men and women based on their sexual frustrations. So already in, already coming in very defensive. Sam goes on to explain that he finds what is common amongst these men are their cognitive distortions or thinking errors. So there's so many different cognitive distortions that a person can have. Black and white thinking, all or, you know, the all or nothing thinking, generalization, there's there's a whole list. But many incels tend to blame society and specifically attractive men and women. And I didn't know about this, but I guess they referred to as Chads and Stacys. Yep. Uh, for their sexual lot in life. But in recent years, 
Sam says that he found a shift where not just attractive people are targeted, but also men who incels feel are not as worthy of dating. For example, someone who's loud, obnoxious, who they feel mistreat women. So in Sam's work, he described that it was imperative to challenge cognitive distortions. Sam points out in an example that he notices victimhood traits and misplaced anger. He suggests pointing them out in real time to be extremely beneficial. So I could totally see that. And I just wanted to kind of share uh, a quote that someone had said to him. So this is a very clear example of like distorted thinking patterns. Imagine you are a 23 year old skinny and hardworking guy. You were called a nerd growing up. You are also shy and don't know what to say to girls, but all around your town you see thugs, dealers, rednecks, and they're all with models. You ask out girls every chance you can, but they shut you off. You cut your hair nice, shave your beard nice, have a car, do your best to get ahead, and you have a motorcycle. And you're kind, and every single time you're around a woman, they are treating you like the weird uncle or like a goddamn inferior being. And yet you meet the guys these women marry, and they are arrogant, crude, lying, obnoxious pricks. So then you, as a normal guy, sign yourself up for plenty of fish, Tinder, match, etc., and you message hundreds of women, like 400, on Plenty of Fish, and you swipe right on every Tinder profile, and you wait a week or two and check back to see how many messages you got, and you have zero messages on Plenty of Fish and one message on Tinder. So I feel like that's just, like, riddled (laughs) with distorted thinking patterns. Mm -hmm. I mean, so I, I could see the benefit as Sam was describing of, you know, as this person is like kind of like ranting about this, how, you know, as a therapist, you can stop them and pause them and be like, okay, can we look at like what you said right here and why this is distorted, why this isn't a true statement? And, you know, you were kind of saying before, Megan, that attraction is complicated. Yeah, and... And it is, and the thing is, like, every, like, every movement out there, right? I think everything does have, like, a little nugget of truth, right? right? And in a lot of the incel ideologies, like, yes, it is extremely distressing when you're interested in someone and and they're not interested back, right? It is distressing when you really want to be in a relationship and you're having trouble finding that. And, you know, I think that there's a lot to be said for having, you know, a nuanced discussion about certain things in society that are unhealthy for men. And, like, that that is a real discussion that can be had. The problem is when this concludes that, like, anyone you're interested in owes it to you to date you that you're so much of a better person that everyone should break up with their husband in order to be with you instead because you don't think that their husband is good enough for them and it's like well everybody gets to decide and it it's just it's more complicated than that and i think that's you kind of have to acknowledge like You have to simultaneously acknowledge the frustration and the validity and the parts of what they're saying that is true, while also really pushing on those cognitive distortions of like, yes, it is true that it is upsetting that you like someone that doesn't like you back. 
Absolutely. And I could see the benefit of having like a male therapist for this type of work. But like, like you were saying, you know, this, this thought that we're, you know, as women, that we're such like, manipulated, simple minded, like creatures where, you know, there's like a certain like, algorithm uh-huh. to dating somebody like it's just it's gross and it's frustrating and I feel like you know maybe hearing that from a therapist that like that's gonna turn off women more than you not shaving your beard right, <laughs> like right and there's just certain things where like it's your conclusions are wrong it's not it's the same with most cognitive distortions it's not that every single piece of evidence you're bringing to the table is incorrect right it's not that like there's usually again there's often a truth nugget that absolutely does not mean that your conclusion to this is correct though it's similar to like if you're really anxious about someone not texting you yeah. back, yeah. it's so valid sort of that like you're anxious and you're worried stuff, that something like, has ugh, happened to your friend. It's... it's not correct to assume that your friend is dead in a ditch because they haven't responded to your text message. Like, there's like, there's things we can talk about. So it is usually just the extent. And so I'm glad there are therapists that are working with this. I do agree. I think it would have to be a male therapist because I would be worried about the um just ethical guidelines from therapy um and worried about how the client would perceive a female therapist i think the only chance it would have working would be a male so obviously Mm -hmm. you know we're kind of talking about a spectrum here but there is a side of the spectrum where it does get really scary and dangerous um so dangerous in fact that I found mm-hmm. out that the Secret Service uh, actually put out a statement in 2022. Um, so in the report, it details a rising threat from men who identify as incels due to their inability to form intimate relationships with women. So this uh, report was based on research done by the National Threat Assessment Center. And it highlights behavioral threat assessment themes identified in years of research examining certain targeted violence. So the themes that they found included concerning and threatening communications, concerning online content, chronic and acute stressors, elicited concern in others, interpersonal difficulties, history of being bullied, financial instability, failed life aspirations, and lack of consequences. So in their research, they looked at several different case studies, and in one case study, the Secret Service examined a 2018 shooting at a yoga class in Tallahassee, Florida, in which a man killed two women and wounded six. So this is, you know, and I'll kind of continue with this, but, you know, just to briefly note, like, the Secret Service decided to make a statement about this. Um, You know, it's important. So in that 2018 case study, the attacker was motivated to carry out violence by his inability to develop and maintain relationships with women, along with his perception of women's societal power over men. So the 40-year-old Scott Paul Beerley exhibited numerous warning signs, including a history of inappropriate and criminal behavior towards women and girls. It's quoted that during his teen years, the attacker was accused of stalking his classmates 
and he wrote stories that centered around violent themes. One of those stories was 81 pages long and involved the protagonist murdering several girls before committing suicide. The female characters in one in the story that were killed represented the attacker's actual classmates from his high school, but he slightly changed the names in his writing. Mm. So before, you know, this guy actually went to shoot these people, um, he had been arrested three times for groping women and was called Ted Bundy by his roommates in reference to, obviously, Ted Bundy, who we all know. Yeah. And then on the day of the shooting, Beerly left a note in his hotel room that said, if I can't find one decent female to live with, I will find many indecent females to die with. If they are intent on denying me life, I have no choice but to deny them life. Their arrogance, indifference, and treachery will finally be exposed and punished. Hmm. According to the report that was conducted by the NTAC, um, it has shown no specific profile of somebody, you know, who is more extreme in the incel spectrum. But attackers tend to vary in age, race, sex, education level, employment history, and other characteristics. However, the unifying factor among most attackers is a set of concerning behaviors displayed before the acts of violence. Mm-hmm. So misogyny frequently appears in more prevalent acts of violence, including stalking and domestic abuse. As a result, uh, responses to threats need to be collaborative between law enforcement courts, mental health providers, and domestic violence and crime advocacy groups. There were um, a couple quotes uh, from the director of the NTAC. Um, Her name is Lena Alathari. And they said, traditionally, law enforcement and other public safety officials focus on crimes. And so if there's no direct threat or a criminal statute violated, they often feel they can't do anything. But what we know from research and what we know from communities doing this successfully is that if you have trained, if you have a trained professional threat assessment and identifying warning signs and knowing what the proper resources are available, that's when you have success stories. So, you know, extremely important work that they're doing. Um, but based on, you know, what she's saying, and I know we've covered this in um, past episodes, you know, things like like stalking, like how that it violates the rights of women. Most people don't take it seriously. And a lot of women don't feel like they have the ability to report it sometimes. Just because it, you know, societally it gets really invalidated. But that's like a key factor into identifying, you know, kind of scary people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even if you look at some of the stuff we've touched on in like our serial killer episodes and like cult episodes, especially, I think, if you look at it, most people who commit acts of violence, there is an escalation pattern that occurs, right? Very rarely does someone go with like, never having done anything to starting to kill people. It's possible. I'm not gonna say like it's impossible, but a lot of times you do see these like, oh, they were stalking or there was domestic violence. There were a lot of previous things. You go back to their, you know, young and you interview people from went to high school with them. And it's like, oh yeah, there was this one time. Like these things do tend to escalate over time. 
Yeah. Which is the importance of, you know, even if you feel like you're unsure if something is reportable, it's so important to report mm-hmm. what you can so that there can be a track record of yeah. certain behaviors that are happening. Especially online. Online counts too, you know? So, yeah. I'm not really going to go into stories today. I found three different research articles on incels. So I'm just going to kind of sum up where the current research is at. Because, again, this is a newer thing. It is being acknowledged as, like, a potential threat. I think... I don't know if the FBI has made any domestic terrorist warnings for incels. I'm going to look up, actually, because I am curious. So Okay. I would assume, yes, if the Secret Service are... Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it does look like Secret Service is uh, the FBI's terrorism cops. It looks like maybe looking more at... And so, so yeah, like, our government has acknowledged this type of thing. So... Um, acknowledges a threat, so we are researching it more. So, the first thing which I find interesting, this is William Costello is a PhD candidate at the University of Texas at Austin. Hello, William Costello. Thank you for doing incel research. Um, so he's trying to research the population. So a quote from him, when it came to my literature review, I realized that most studies consisted of linguistic analyses of online incel Mm. rhetoric. It's unclear how much of incel online rhetoric is performatively antagonistic. Mm. So I thought it would be good to produce some of the earliest work containing primary responses from self-identified incels as a novel contribution to the literature. Incels often misappropriate a hyperbolic interpretation of some evolutionary psychology's findings, so I thought it is appropriate that someone from our field takes the responsibility of trying to understand the phenomena rather than shying away and washing your hands off our topic. Which is a good point. One of the articles that I will discuss is the one I'm discussing the most does just look at the posts online, which, right, the thing is, I agree. You don't know if it's performative. You don't know how many of these people actually genuinely believe this versus just trying to fit in with the Or get the most attention and likes and whatever. Right. Like, you, it it is impossible to completely weed out the trolls of the people who are just trying to ramp up a conversation or just, you know, karma farming on Reddit. Like, you don't know exactly what's happening with everyone. So in this one, he actually, see with the methods, they collected anonymous responses, this was a survey, from 151 people who identified as incels and 378 non-incels as a comparison group. They found that incels scored higher than non-incels on all four components of a tendency for interpersonal victimhood. So the four components of that are a need for recognition, so striving to be noticed and appreciated, moral elitism, or the feeling that the in-group is more righteous or virtuous than members of Mm -hmm. out-groups, 
a lack of empathy. So being, you know, poor ability or inability to identify and feel the emotions of others. And rumination, a tendency to fixate on negative internal yep. thought patterns. Relatedly, incels were much more likely to report feelings of depression and anxiety. Just over 70% of the incels met the criteria for moderate or severe mm. depression compared to one-third of the non-incels. Well, just under 70% of incels were moderately or severely anxious, with just under 40% of non-incels meeting the okay. threshold. Um, Costella said about the data, To put the levels of well-being in this group into context, our study used the PHQ-9 and the GAD-7, both are standard measures, uh, measures used by the NHS to diagnose depression and anxiety. Previous... In-house surveys from incel forums reveal that 82% of incels had strongly considered suicide. In my view, extreme inceldom looks more like suicidality than terrorism or violence. Mm. So, it is an interesting yeah. thing, right? It's not that, you know, incels absolutely have committed acts of violence in the name of inceldom, right? right? Like, there, there are cases of that happening. I have never seen stats. And it would be, again, it's very hard to measure this because many people who complete suicide don't leave a note Typically. explaining why yeah. they did it. Right? It seems, given the amount of depression and suicidality, it is most likely that people who are incels are more likely to complete suicide than commit other acts of violence. But again, we often don't know. It's not like they tend to do that much research into right. everything of like going through computers for years and trying to solve these things. So I did think that was just important to note is that, of course, the externalizing behaviors and the violence against other people is a huge significant issue. So is yeah. the level of suicide that may or may not be present. The level of suicidal ideation and depression is concerning in absolutely. of itself. Anxiety as well. Absolutely. Um, um, and I, I think, you know, based on this study, it really does speak to the spectrum of people who identify as incels, where it is that group who are highly depressed um, and are more of a threat mm -hmm. to themselves. And then there is that other part of the group where they're more antisocial and violent. And, you know, I have a theory, but we'll get we'll get to that at the end. Ooh, I also like I don't know if this touches too much on your theory. So I That's do okay. apologize if this is stealing your theory mm. thunder here. But also, if you think about it, if this is a person who is suicidal and vulnerable and seeking community, the absolute danger of finding that community in a group that's like, oh, here's an easy explanation for why you're depressed. Also, there's nothing you should do about it, so, like, just die. There is the potential that the more antisocial people in this group could be egging people on, and that's, perhaps, or increasing suicidality. And that to, like, exactly what I was thinking, where I was like, I wonder if people who are antisocial are becoming part of these groups, and maybe they agree with the ideals to some extent, but they're there because they're feeding off of very vulnerable populations of people and manipulating them which is horrifying to think about but yeah 
but also not inconsistent with what somebody with antisocial personality disorder might do if they wanted to. And so this is why, you know, obviously it's not like, I, I, I won't speak for you. I'm not particularly sympathetic to this ideology no. at all. Uh, I do definitely feel for the deeply depressed people who, instead of getting help, are getting extremized by this ideology that could be having really detrimental results and probably worsens mental right. health, right? Again, it's the two, it's the double-sided coin of like, oh, you want an easy, clear-cut explanation? And this ideology gives you the clear-cut explanation while also pretty much saying and there's absolutely nothing you can ever do to change it and the entire world is against you so it can get people to some dark places of course yeah another just fun fact from the survey i wanted to uh throw out here is there is a perception that uh most incels are super far right on the political spectrum and very conservative uh they did find the data because they did talk about political leanings actually didn't support it they found around 39 percent of the incels reported being right-leaning politically 45 percent reported being left-leaning and 18 percent were political centrists which is about the same proportions as the non-incels so it doesn't this uh, this does not only speak to a certain political group right. of people. So um, now this article, this is the one I'm going to talk about the most, is an exploration of the involuntary celibate (parentheses incel) subculture online. Lovely title. Uh, our writers on the Roberta Liggett O'Malley, Roberta Karen Holt. Roberta, we got Karen Holt, Karen and Thomas Holt. Wonderful. Thank, thank, you. thank you all for doing this. It's important. So no one's great. Doing it. Yeah. So we're going to talk about this. Um, and again, shout out to SciHub for getting me around this paywall. Sponsor us, SciHub. SciHub. <laughs> Please sponsor us or not. Or don't. You know, we're just going to love on you. promoting you because this is good research. And I like being able to just read the whole thing instead of having to extrapolate from abstracts. So, this is a study that is entirely going based off of the posts online. So again, as mentioned by our previous researcher, we will give the caveat that some people who are doing this may not Mm -hmm. believe this. They tried to screen for trolls, but it's really impossible to get all of them. So, the current study employed a qualitative analysis of over 8,000 posts made in two different incel communities to identify the norms, values, and beliefs of these groups from a subcultural perspective, which I love. So they're basically looking at this as a culture and what are the important values of Mm. this culture. So participants in these communities prescribe to a, quote, red pill philosophy, premise originates from the film The Matrix, in which the main character offered a choice to take a blue pill and continue to live in a constructed, comfortable delusion, or take the red pill and discover the truth of how the world works. I don't know where black pill comes from. I've heard it. I haven't done the research. I think it might be, you know, you take the red pill and then also it's it's like the darker, like more suicidal version, I think, from what I've read. Exactly what we need is the dark, yep. more suicidal version comfy. of the, the yeah. Real. yeah. 
Yeah, so basically, to be red-pilled is to come to the realization that we all live under a feminist, far-left, constructed delusion and need to take steps to revolt against it. Uh, that quote is from Ging, Nagel, and von Valkenburg. What up? What up, guys? So, uh, they also can refer to this as the Manosphere, which is a loose, kind of just a loose gathering of online groups uh, connected by an interest in male rights and anti-feminism. Um, again, there are things in society that are problematic towards males, and we love a nuanced discussion of that, but I don't think this is the solution. This is way too far in the yeah. other direction. Uh, but within the Manosphere, several online groups exist to discuss difficulties with females. They often say females instead of women. Yeah. That can sometimes be a red flag is the females or femoids, which I will oh. get to. Um, but there's revenge pornography <sighs> communities. If you don't know, revenge porn is when you take images that were typically consensually given um in the context of a romantic relationship, that relationship ends, and then you post them online as a way of shaming the woman for having done this. Or the man, I don't know what the prevalence of revenge porn against males is. I typically have heard it more against females, but it could happen to anyone. Yeah. There's also men's rights groups, father's rights groups, and groups that encourage violence against women. So there's, like, a huge spectrum of groups. Um... The forums that were used in this sample were identified by searching key terms relating to incels into Google. That's how they found these ones, is they Googled incels and some other keywords and found a couple different forums. All the posts were publicly accessible, huh. meaning it did not require you to subscribe or create a username Scary. to view these posts. Um, one forum existed on a large social networking site composed of several subforums. And then the other one was a operated independent website expressly for incels. So these are from two different websites, but this is all publicly on the internet. They may not be up anymore. I believe all of these were from 2018 to 2019. Sure. Um, so this study is from 8,324 posts made by 703 unique users. Um, and were analyzed across 452 threads from two different forums. They were identified chronologically. Um, all the posts are from the summer of 2018 until January 2019. Mm -hmm. Threads were excluded from analysis if they included unresponded to queries for research or unresponded to posts identified by a forum moderator as trolling. So if the moderator said it was trolling, they excluded it, or if they're like, well, where's your research? Where are your sources? And then no one Got responded. Um, for example, some outsiders from the community would post rants to the incel forum advising incels to change their attitude or criticize their belief system. Um, so they were left unresponded to and were identified as trolling, so they excluded those. Only the narratives from those who directly indicated through their own posting behaviors that they were a member of the incel community were excluded. Were included. So this is the self-identified incels. Okay. So, they basically organized all of this using the concept of normative orders, uh, which is just an analytical concept that describes a set of rules and practices centered around a primary mm -hmm. value. 
Um, the idea is that subcultures are comprised of formal and informal elements that structure and guide social responses to situations. So the formal are like structural, bureaucratic, or legal, and the informal are things like values, perspectives, and identifying. Um, so the normative order approach was developed to combine the formal and informal elements and treat them as equally important. So basically, this analysis found that the incel community was structured around five interrelated normative orders. So the first four are participant views, which is one, the sexual market, two, women as naturally evil, three, ways to legitimize masculinity, and four, male oppression. The normative orders connect to a broader fifth norm, which is the validation and justification of violence, particularly against women. Yikes. So, we're just going to break down these things. Um, so this is the article where I mentioned all of the trigger warnings earlier. So if you, uh, you want to skip this, you go right ahead. You can just uh, end here, get yourself a hot chocolate, enjoy the rest of your day. Um, because we're, we're about to get real dark with some of these quotes in here. I'm honestly glad that this is more of like a qualitative study because I feel like it really helps people understand. Right, right. And I think the thing is like you want to demonstrate why this is a problem right. and it's it's how far people are going. Exactly. And like the sheer level of vitriol that this is stating which again some people may be over exaggerating of course but it's still really problematic mm -hmm. so the concept of the sexual market lauren are you familiar with this idea i am unfortunately <laughs> always a huge bummer yeah uh so this whole thing the sexual market is the foundation for the incel population's ideas of what sex and sexual activity are. So the idea is that all sexual activity is part of a female-led marketplace operating under the laws of natural selection. Women have sexual privilege in the marketplace and females act as the sexual gatekeeper by deciding who they have sex with and who they don't have sex with. And the female-dominated sexual market is cited as the most powerful barrier to sex amongst incels. Are you ready for our first quote? Oh my god, okay, go. Okay, um, I'm not going to read people's names yeah. on this forum. I'm not trying to dox anybody. <laughs> the, the research article does say usernames, I'm choosing not to. Yeah. Uh, pretty much all usernames are incel something or right. in cells so like they're all very similar and like you get the point um this first quote i heard a friend of mine say once that women have all the power a female co-worker of mine also said to me once she parentheses and all other women are sitting on a pot of gold between their legs can't remember the context, but it was the fact that all women are born with the power to hand out the prize of the only real goal that exists. Wow. All other goals are essentially set to put us in a better position for sex. I wonder if women are generally happier than men. Is this why men are more violent? I'd assume so, because most men don't get what they want and all women have what men want. What in the world? So this ideology that sex is the only goal that matters, mm -hmm. 
everything else in life is just to get you more sex Mm -hmm. and that women have all of the power because we get to decide okay Um, this i guess i so they're basically saying so this is like the natural selection framework okay and this is probably something that will touch a bit on same-sex relationships that um incels believe the most important human goal is to attain a mate and reproduce Mm. so they they're very focused on like reproduction so it could just be that they don't consider any relationship which could not result in reproduction as actually like relevant okay maybe i I could see that being like their hot take yeah right because even a lot of the stuff is reproductively based i will get to part of it that gets real dark but like they do talk about how like women are essentially useless by their mid-20s because we're apparently not fertile anymore uh which is very not true (laughs) very not true um but certain things where it's like it's very fertility based and women should really only be farting out babies that's just my favorite ridiculous way to state that i know women don't fart out babies it's just a joke it's not scientifically accurate (laughs) Not scientifically accurate whatsoever, right? But in the ridiculous, like, oh, you should just keep having kids. Um, So some really weird opinions. on very, like, handmaid's tale kind of. Kind of of things, yeah. Yeah. Um, So, oh, there's another post stating, and I quote yet again, Since the purpose of humans is to reproduce, there's no reason for me to exist if I can't even find a mate to do that. End quote. So incels tend to be preoccupied with competition for sexual partners that they construct as sexual privilege. Um, One's place in the sexual market appears to be hierarchical Mm -hmm. and dependent on what incels refer to as the sexual market value, SMV. Okay. For short, um, which is comprised of your physical attractiveness and amount of money. Great. Uh, As someone put it, Another direct quote, you have to be in the top point zero 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 one percent for a woman to even look at you. Okay. <laughs> um, which just like statistically not true. If you look at how many people do get married or have children, which I think those two things you seem to see a lot of like the goals being like you should be living with someone like in a marriage or reproducing many people will either be in a long-term relationship or marriage or reproduce at some point. It's like a large percentage of the population. Mm -hmm. So clearly it is not this tiny percent for women to even look at you, but that is the perception. Right. So now that is the sexual market. Now we're going to move on to women being naturally evil. Okay. So taking a fun, fun twist here. Um, So another central part of the belief in the normative order, uh, it's woman's inherent evil. Uh, So within incel users' personal narratives, many discussed feeling bullied and humiliated by women, which was framed within the groups as a source of trauma. Uh, To make meaning of these experiences, one of the core beliefs of incels is that females are inherently cruel. Hmm. So consistent with the natural selection framework, female evilness is seen as a combination of evolution, biology, and culture. Uh, So some direct quotes here. Women use lies to manipulate men into doing what they want. It's nothing except how nature has designed them. Another, Another quote. What makes female evil 
that's easily answerable, dot dot dot, culture and biology, dot dot dot, combine female bio, which is already horrible in its own right, with a cultural that gives them power and control and you lead to corruption, there is a reason, or no, not there is, there a reason most men lead. Right. Um, yeah, whenever I get my blood tested, I make sure that they, they check for how much evil is in me. Just how much how much evil. Yeah, our biology is horrible in its own right. Um, yeah. So, within this framework, women are evolutionarily compelled to manipulate men to attain resources for survival as these species. Women are also considered less evolved than men in their animalistic drives towards reproduction and safety. Uh, quote, the female brain is very childlike. So we're simultaneously children, but also evil masterminds. Case Man. Yeah, it's complicated. Yeah. So again, a lot of this is like a misinterpretation of evolutionary psychology evolutionary psychology does talk a lot about like traits and safety and the human drive for reproduction sure. to maintain the species which of course again the grain of truth uh human beings do like to reproduce most species do have a reproduction drive many people do go on to have children right. it's a very normal thing mm -hmm. um but it's taking some of the general things people use and twisting it to like you purposely manipulate people Right, it's generalizing. In order to only reproduce with some people. Yeah, it's it's broad generalizations and also using anecdotal experiences of maybe like a couple women to describe all women. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because listen, some women are evil. Some, some are. men are evil. Some children are evil. Yeah. Let's be real. If you take any group of people, there is some population that's going to be evil. Um, Right? Like, again, I know that some children are evil is controversial, but, like, some kids, if you look at, like, serial killers' childhoods, a lot of them are, like, killing animals and doing, like, some Holy. pretty extreme stuff, right? Evil does exist within the human population. Right. Uh, very difficult to back up the fact that all women are evil. Right. It, and, you know, just to flip it on its other side, it's like, okay, there are men that rape women but not all men are rapists you know what i mean mm -hmm. like it's yeah 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 um and also i would just like to point out there is absolutely no mention whatsoever of trans people anywhere in this research i'm confident that the incel take on trans people is highly offensive of i'll just be honest i don't know where it is i'm sure it's awful um they are very like biologically reproductively focused yeah. so they're very focused on that and kind of just removing the whole lgbtq plus community nowhere in this discussion okay um so yeah incels are taking the perspectives from evolutionary psychology natural selection to validate their perception that women compelled by the desire for reproduction are narcissistic and cruel in pursuit of these goals incels use biodeterministic language to advocate for the natural differences between men and women that affirm a society in which men should have power over women. Mm. Incels frame feminists, or those who continue to advocate for what they believe is unnatural and unwarranted advancement of female equality as an enemy. Just to touch on that for a second, I've also, like, 
seen and heard of, you know, people who identify as incels doing kind of like this weird, like white knight thing where it's like Mm -hmm. they'll hear, okay, you know, somebody was really like shitty to this one woman. They're like, oh, you know, men shouldn't treat you like that and you should be respected and blah, blah, blah. And then slide into their DMs, like, you know, would you want to go out sometime? Like, I'm a really nice guy, like, da 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 da. They're like, actually, no, like, I'm, I'm not looking for anything. And then just like this tirade of like, well, you must be, you know, a shitty human being. And there's a bunch of name calling. Yeah, yeah. Like, where it, it almost, you know, it'll start out with, and I've seen a lot of similar stuff of like, even again, as you look at some of the stuff of like, oh, the people they're choosing are worse is like, you'll see in comically posted like cringe yep. posts, a lot of stuff that they're not saying they're an incel, but like you can imagine that the ideology might line up of like a woman posting something about her boyfriend playing video games and being annoyed where it's just like, ah, we're trying to leave and he's playing a video game, right? Which is like, a normal conflict any couple might have, right? Whether it's video games or sports or someone's taking too long to get ready, right? Like, as a normal complaint. And then being like, if if you dated me, I would never do that. I would treat you like a princess, but you just want to date people who treat you terrible and all of this other stuff. And it's just like, okay. It's very strange. Yeah. It is. So it it, it gets really extreme where it's like, I will protect you. Because you are weak and delicate, but also if you don't sleep with me, I will scream at you. And sometimes it's like it's like it's an immediate thing too, and it kind of ignores that. Like you know, even in the letter that like one guy wrote before killing people, of the whole just like if I can't find a woman to spend my life with, then I'll find terrible women to die with. It's just like. There's a whole process, though. Like, it's not like you just meet someone. I guess, I mean, maybe if you are both agreeing to an arranged marriage, fine, right? Some people do that. That's perfectly okay. Mm -hmm. But it's not like you're just going to go on a date with a woman you meet on Tinder and then, like, aha, we are life partners. Not like it doesn't work that way for most people. Right. It just doesn't. Um, Yeah. That's just not, not how relationships work, right? Even in a lot of arranged marriages this is not the most accurate but i have been watching the netflix show indian matchmaker right (laughs) they still get to agree right like even when people are seeking a matchmaker to arranged marriage like they still meet a bunch of times and then talk about things and then decide if they want to do this thing or not right like even like there's parental involvement and you know advocating and like i don't know right and like it does happen but at least in modern and like more like hopefully healthy arranged relationships or formal courtships or things where they're very much trying to make it to like a marriage Mm -hmm. it takes some time there's a lot more that happens so it's just like they kind of like wanting to just cut it out and assume that people just automatically get in these relationships so this one uh, they're calling it legitimizing masculinity. That's kind of how the insults talk about it. So I'm just going to point out the masculinity they're referring to is like the most toxic of all masculinity, not regular masculinity. Uh, so just trigger warning, if you want to avoid discussion of pedophilia, please just oh, skip right now because this gets bad really fast. Um, so 
Another important part of the normative order, organizing the incel social structure, is the idea of legitimizing common masculine norms. But these are not common masculine norms. Mm -hmm. Uh, Incels justify unequal gender relations through gendered power dynamics within sexual attraction. Uh, So they normalize male aggression and male sexualization of females, since they argue that women desire to be sexualized and men are programmed to sexualize. So... Employing concepts from evolutionary biology and psychology, again, they take these concepts and really run with them, Mm -hmm. Uh, incels claim that aging women are inferior to young women and have glorified the idea of young love. The theme has previously been investigated by Klee in 2018, who noted that incels have a strong sense of missing out on teenage love. Um, A direct quote, missing out on teen love is rage fuel in pure form. I've even, I've seen other stuff in memes basically talking about how if you don't lose your virginity in high school, Mm -hmm. you're behind for the rest of your life and you will never be happy because it's a peak human experience, Um, which lots of people don't have sex in high school. Like it's, I mean, it's, even if you look at the stats, it's actually getting slightly less common um, over time. Like, it's just like, that's that's not, some people do, some people don't. That's not, like, a peak, but it's the idea of if you don't have that experience. Like, it's really romanticized for some reason. Yes. Okay. Um. So, they're, they're saying, the incels, that an obsession with young love comes from a biological sense of physical attraction. Incels repeatedly discuss that minor women, who they describe as jailbaits or JBs, are the most attractive and reinforce that attraction to minor girls is biologically normal and appropriate. Oh my god. Uh, So here we got some direct quotes here. My apologies to everyone for the words I am about to say. A real 10 out of 10 Stacy is no more older than 13, maybe 14. Oh my god. No. 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 Like, and I think the thing is, you can realize, so, trying to make the argument that young girl, very young girls, um, are more fertile, are more attractive, perfectly fine to be attracted to a 13 or 14 year old girl if you're a 13 or 14 year old boy, right? right? Same age attraction. And that's the thing is, throughout the lifespan, People tend to be attracted to people their own age, right? Even yes. like you'll hear amongst the elderly populations, like you may not find an 80-year-old man attractive, but an 80-year-old woman, pro- woman yeah. probably will. Or it's like, we're the same age. What up? Like that's, that's clearly normal. Being an adult that's really sexually attracted to 13, 14-year-olds, no, absolutely not. Not, not appropriate. No. Um, and and the thought of like, oh, well, they're, they're super fertile and evolutionary perspective, da-da-da. It's like, some 13, 14 year olds are not fertile. Some of them have nope. not had their period yet. No, and also there are um there's additional dangers to girls that young having pregnancies yeah. and doing childbirth. Um the youngest female to ever give birth was I think five. What? Uh yeah, that was a kind of famous story. That was a um precocious puberty. Wow. instance and clearly a sexual abuse instance right. um that was obviously not okay there is they don't actually um 
It was never revealed conclusively what, who, the father, whoever was assaulting the child. Um, she did actually successfully give birth and her son was just, her parents just raised it as her brother. Wow. Um, because clearly, like, she was super young. She was five or six when she had him. That was a pretty famous case, right? So, like, yes... There are cases that in no way means that it is at all appropriate no. for that to happen, right? Right. And again, it's And it's one... using this evolutionary psychology perspective very incorrectly. Right. And ignoring the fact that, like, even though, yes, if you want to get technically speaking, most people at the age where they get periods are able to get pregnant at that point right of course there's always infertility like Mm -hmm. that's always a factor for some people for the most part you get your period you're ovulating it's possible that doesn't mean that it's a good idea not at all that doesn't mean that it's safe and healthy at that age so it's just a really pedophilia like you know like yeah ugh not okay. Not okay. Right. Very different if, you know, two 13-year-olds get into a consensual relationship right. and a pregnancy results. Still a problem due to age and maturity and a bunch of other stuff, but they're the same age that's consensual. Different story when it is an adult totally. and a 13-year-old. So another user stated, we're getting dark again, okay. on how society and feminism have redefined normal healthy men as, quote, pedophiles. Mm. That has been normal throughout human history for men to be sexually active with girls from puberty and up. That it is normal for all animals to do this as well. What possible harm it causes men to tell them they are pathological just for feeling normal arousal they are biologically programmed to experience. Wowie. Uh, Adults being attracted to pubescent children? Not not a normal attraction not that common um even even throughout uh human history marriages have happened younger throughout history uh we've all kind of agreed that's not cool and stopped that most societies have at this point in time also if you read it there were still lots of problems yeah yeah not great and also i've definitely read some stories of like where arranged marriages would happen when the girl was, like, 13, but then didn't become, like, but they didn't live together for years after that. Or right. they didn't have a sexual relationship right. until she was much older. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I don't think that that's, like, oh, yeah, everybody did it up until recently. Just not correct. It's a no. lot of justification and trying to use psychology to justify this. Right. Ugh, the cherry picking is crazy. Yeah. But you can also see in this case where they think that women are childlike anyways and that women are always inferior, how that could kind of make the connection to like, well, there's no difference between young girls and women. Oh my gosh. Okay. Huge differences, guys. Um, Blanket statement. Huge differences. (laughs) Huge differences. Um, The preference for younger girls is also accompanied by a distinct distaste for older women, usually defined as mid-20s or older. Oh boy. Because they're, quote, less fertile. Uh, these subcultural norms and distortions, based on claims of evolutionary biology, underlie the argument that incels expose, which is that age of consent is an unreasonable social construction and another way they are oppressed by women. Wow. Incels believe that modern society has created a world where men and women are suppressed from their natural roles and identifies identities, so they legitimize masculinity by de-legitimizing females. Mm-hmm. Um 
They also, some will use the term femoid or foid, standing for, like, female humanoid to refer to women. Not people, just, you know, robots or whatever. Um, Another quote, women don't deserve the right to vote. Hmm. They can't think logically or come to any of their own conclusions. Everything they do is for some chad and lacks any thought at all. They don't deserve a fucking say in anything. They don't care about anything beyond having sex with some idiot with a six pack. (laughs) It's so ridiculous, dude. Right, and it's also, again, like, I know I said this already, but it's such a twist of, like, the usual stereotypes of, like, right. women are constantly faking headaches to get out right. of sex. They're, like, the stuff that you hear more frequently to be, like, women only want to have sex all the time. It's just, like, mm. now, women, much like men, if you look at the research, uh, want to have sex sometimes. And don't want to have sex other times. That's just a general human thing. Unless, of course, they are ace, in which case they are not interested in sex, which is also a normal variation of human, right? There's a variation of sex drive amongst people. Yep. Just in general. Um, The next thing is male oppression. So, normative order of male oppression focused on the perception that men were oppressed within modern society. Incels consider themselves an oppressed group due to their biological subordination to more masculine males, as well as the social subordination to the modern woman. So, they discuss both generalized male oppression and specific incel oppression. Alright, as another quote. Direct quote time. Everyone's favorite. As a male, we have no rights. The entire world is against us. Women don't care about us. The only males with male privilege are chads. And even they are beginning to slip into the same boat. Like, how can I be happy when so many males are oppressed by this terrible world? So, no rights. Again, I'll I'll, I'll make that point later. Right, so the normative order of male oppression is consistent with previous red pill literature, such as Warren Farrell's The Myth of Male Power, and popular blog-based literature discussing the hardships of men. Um... So, multiple individuals writing on behalf of men's rights advocacy, criticizing social institutions such as feminism and family court systems as being biased against males. Um, Sample posters say, divorce means not only risk of never seeing his, quote, even if actually biologically his, end quote, children again, but being homeless and in debt thanks to alimony robbery. All divorce courts are biased towards females. Okay. Okay. Um, so there is just the idea that, like, yeah, it's all men, all men are oppressed, um, thus incels legitimize traditional ideas of masculinity as a desire for more masculine expression and diversity. Instead of criticizing toxic masculine socialization, they blame feminists and so-called social justice warriors who they claim invalidate male struggles and continue to control access to the sex market. Wow. Yeah. So again, not like a nuanced conversation about like, are there bias in court systems? Sure. Are there things? Are we working towards change? It's not like, oh, let's have a nuanced conversation. Right. Very much just like everything is biased against men. Men have absolutely no rights. Women are evil. It's really black and white, like very rigid thinking. Mm hmm. So now we will get to legitimizing violence and revenge. So, hey, we got the subcultural interpretations of female behavior, the sexual market, and male oppression promoted general feelings of animosity towards society and specific hatred towards females. 
in turn, incel forum participants made comments encouraging and justifying violence against women. As a result, all four normative orders reflexively converged to give meaning to a fifth norm within incel forums, violence. Um, so, the violence was actively discussed through allusions to going ER. What is that? ER stands for Elliot Roger, who was a self-identified incel who murdered seven other people before committing suicide. Got it. So going ER has been used as an innocuous expression to describe being pushed to the limit, as also a way to vent frustration as their perceived victimization. Users posted stories of murdering women and normies in a folder called, quote, Life Fuel. Oh. Uh, which was intended to give them a feeling of joy and hope. One thread linked to an article in which five female bank tellers were murdered during a rampage shooting in Florida. Posters responded with the comments, Finally a hero who can aim. He chose his targets wisely. What a slayer. Life fuel and pure and raw life fuel. I will go sleep better now. Oh my goodness. There's also... Another direct quote, if you were to hypothetically go ER, I would hypothetically recommend that you write a manifesto on the black pill, why you did it, mention the fucked up state of hypergamy, dumb sluts, and explicitly link it to incelness like ER. I would also recommend you live stream doing it and upload it to live leak. If people saw ER in action, I bet it would inspire mores, lol. Okay, so these... They're all, like, glorifying ER then. Yeah, the whole, like, if you're gonna do it, make okay. sure you do it to get movement. Got get, it. You know, people into the movement. Okay. Um, specifically stating, not all formers supported the use of violence, but many minimized harm to, quote, deserving victims and glorified offenders. Um, more reasonable target for violence across the foreign populations were women. Um, one poster commented... Life fuel mass shooters are heroes, but I only like Foids get killed. Not really a fan of random people dying. Okay. <laughs> so, women are fine. Random people, not okay. Not okay. Uh, women were constructed as deserving targets for retribution through physical or sexual violence. Another post, I really want to kill this whore. I would punch her in the face over and over and force her to say this phrase over and over again. Quote, teehee, you are not entitled to this, but I am entitled to anything. Now rot. I will make her rot in hell for sure. I will turn her life into a living hell. Oh my god. And then similarly... Incels discussed their approval of a more indirect, passive forms of violence as an alternative to active physical violence. Um, so women being, were constructed as deserving of violence, a lack of intervention when a woman is in danger or is victimized can be an act of revenge. Mm. So in multiple posts, this was detailed. So a quote... Reminder, if you deny me sex or validation, I deny you safety and protection when you get raped in the alleyway by an ethnic. Oh my god. That's the racism. I was bringing That's the, the racism. Word. That's the racism right there. Racism, mm. sexism, violent. Really just... Uh, all the trigger yeah, warnings, yeah. All the trigger warnings. Really just a trigger warning. Bingo. That statement. Um, a more detailed post by another one. Uh, quote... There are no laws saying you have to help anyone who's getting raped or murdered or report it to police. 
Not in most jurisdictions, at least. If I saw this happening while passing by, and the, quote, victim called out to ask me for help, I'd just chortle and keep going my own way. Most rapists are close associates to the ones they rape, so in all likelihood, she deserved it and was probably asking for it. So there's kind of this where sometimes they're outright promoting violence or promoting, like, not intervening with yeah. violence or just being okay with it. So those are kind of the cultural things that they found. Again, yeah. very alarming. disturbing. Yeah, yeah, really just alarming kind of cultural things that are on there. And again, this is why I think direct quotes are important because it's, n I think, like, I've seen some really lighthearted memes about incels and people like neckbeards is another one, right? Where people yeah. just make a note where they're like, oh, ha ha, these people are kind of creepy on Facebook comments. But like, there is a line that's going much further and there are online communities that are really pushing this right. to go way further. And where it's going further is oftentimes violence. Yeah. And it's really, like, the vitriol. It's really intense what's happening in these groups. Right. Um, and you can see how people who are more vulnerable are getting extremized and how dangerous that could get either through violence against others or violence against themselves. So I did also see one article, um, just real quick, where one racer was talking about some ideas for treatment. Um... So kind of saying that specific interventions aimed at addressing incel vulnerabilities in early stage. So all of this is theoretical. Mm -hmm. um, several psychotherapeutic approaches have been suggested, such as existential therapy, narrative therapy, person-centered therapy, and reality therapy. Okay. In general, in general, clinical interventions should aim to discuss incel beliefs with an individual and validate their experiences while dismantling the narrative that females are the root of their problem, which is important in preventing radicalization. Okay. So it's more of like, again, validate the emotional experience, validate things that they're upset about while really trying to work against those cognitive distortions of right. like, there is this against you um, that women are doing this. So... Again, like your researcher said, like CBT has been identified as a useful approach to reframe the incel worldview, focusing on maladaptive cognition surrounding their victimhood, hopelessness, and misattribution. Um, yeah, they're saying that it seems like cognitive distortions are, rather than a certain personality type, are central to inceldom. Mm -hmm. So, possibly, right, trying to reduce, change some of these thought patterns and think differently about low self-esteem rejection how to view that differently while also changing kind of the overarching belief um and this research did also note note that engaging in cells with therapeutic interventions is a challenge owing to a general mistrust of the mental health system amongst incels the speckhard Ellenberg and Morton, 2021. Um, despite the clear link between inceldom and depression, only half of the 272 incels responding to an online survey reported ever trying therapy, 6% reported finding it beneficial. Okay. Those who had not tried therapy said that it was a scam, a waste of money, and unable to fix the physical features to which they attributed their inceldom. So, say, working with patients... 
as with issues as complex as those experienced by some incels might be challenging for therapists. The patient's severe envy of the therapist's perceived success may interfere with the alliance, triggering mm-hmm. feelings of inferiority. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they posit that given the importance of online communities, group therapy might be an option. Sure. Um, an internet-based group. So there, there are researchers trying to basically figure out how to reach people um, and work against the radicalization to hopefully prevent, you know, suicide attempts, increase their mental health, and just present, you know, if anyone else, like any acts of violence or things like that. So those are kind of three different research approaches that I have found about this. Yeah. I mean... Very interesting. Very interesting. Very disturbing, obviously. Um, to hear like the actual quotes but like yeah I mean this is such an interesting topic I'm really hoping that in terms of research there's continued research and efforts for you know creating groups and you know just ways to intervene with this Um, because like the dynamic I think that worries me so again this is like hypothetical but like let's say you know there's a person where maybe they're neurodivergent and social skills just aren't their jam. And because of that, they have trouble connecting with other people and they have trouble, you know, forming romantic relationships. And they're super frustrated about that. And it's, you know, not making sense because they're trying to their best of ability to connect with people. Um, And because of this, maybe they're feeling insecure and depressed and, you know, all these symptoms. And in an effort to feel understood and connected with people, which is something that they're lacking, they're joining a group where they're basically like talking shit about the perceived threat. So I'm sure they feel supported, understood, heard. Maybe they don't agree with everything that's being said, but they feel like they're part of a community. And I feel like in a lot of ways, like, like for cults for example like Mm -hmm. not having a community and then feeling like you have one that really like understands you maybe you don't fully agree with all of their stuff but you're kind of like indoctrinated into the belief system to maintain connection that's really dangerous especially if there are people within that community that are more antisocial and push the envelope and encourage really scary conversations yeah and there was um I, I didn't cover this because I think there was just so much to cover, but there is some research about the prevalence of people with diagnoses of autism spectrum disorder within, okay. um, you know, in cell communities. That was self-report. Um, so there is also that factor is you don't know how many neuroatypical, you know, neurodivergent people are in these communities and right. what factor that can bring. Absolutely. But I, you know, I could see people again with more antisocial traits taking advantage of that mm-hmm. um you know people really trying to find connection and just going to the wrong place yeah but yeah scary stuff you guys gotta stay safe out there yeah we haven't done a dark episode in a while i know yeah it's been but a hot minute but here we are here we are and uh if for some reason someone who identifies as incel listens to this and gets offended, please, as a community, protect us. <laughs> please do. Oy vey. Yeah. 
All right. Um, do you have any good shit besides couch life? Couch life and sci hub. Uh, yeah, I think that really sums it up. Yeah. Other than the fact that I'm currently wearing the comfy that you got me for my birthday, and it yes. is just a plus, real cozy over here. So thank you again. You're welcome. I knew it would be the gift that keeps on giving. Really is. What about you? Um, the couches are bomb. Well, and you know, technically we're in fall now. Yay! Doesn't feel like it. It's so hot, but am I still wearing a hoodie? Of course. But it's fall, and yeah. uh, we're excited. We are excited. That. Okay. Okay. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for getting spooky, and we'll catch up with Thanks. you next time. All right. Bye. Bye.